Hey guys, so quick explanation here before we jump into the regular part of the episode. So we had a technical issue this week where we lost the second half of our podcast. And so it was very unfortunate. And so what we decided to do is we'll just uh, publish our first half that we have now. And then we will later this week publish a uh, record and publish um, the second half talking about uh, the reddit ama with the designers as well as reddit uh posts and uh twitter questions so um fortunately it was it was a really long episode so we actually will have two kind of regular um length episodes this week so it's kind of a bonus for you guys it sucks for us though so just to keep you guys in the loop that's what we're going to be doing this week look forward to another episode coming later on throughout the week Hey guys, welcome to episode 8 of Unrenowned, where we talk about Siege, things we like about Siege. Things we don't like about Siege. I don't like Chris. Okay, he doesn't like me because every time we try to start the podcast, we do funny noises. This is true. It takes us like 10 minutes to start. This is true. We don't have any time. Okay, yes, let's, uh, no time. But she did, no time! Uh, What? We have a good show for you today, (laughs) a little quick off-reference there. Taylor got it. Um... Guys, there's a lot to talk about this week. So number one, Halloween event, Madhouse. Uh, designers notes on balance um, for the season. Uh, a Reddit AMA with the balance team. And then, of course, Reddit posts and listener questions. Also, we mentioned last episode that we were going to have a big announcement this week. Chris, you want to give the announcement? I actually don't. Oh, I do know what it is. <laughs> I forgot. We talked about this like two minutes ago. Yeah. So we are going to start a Discord server for the Unrenowned Podcast. It's gonna Discord! Inc- uh, it's going to include um, things like just game chats, just a normal chat, a chat about random stuff they like to chat about. Um, basically, just a place for the Unrenowned community to come together, play together. Um, we'll have a channel for podcast questions, so it'll be an easier place to kind of submit that stuff. Um, so yeah, we'll put out the link in the show notes. Um, we'll tweet it out too. We'll try to share it everywhere we can, but join there. And I think it'll be a fun place where, you know, we'll be in there and we can play together and, and hopefully you guys can carry us out of freaking copper. We copper right now. No bronze, bronze, bronze. Sorry. I mix up copper and bronze a lot. I'm not copper. Let me disclaimer we're not bad we're not this bad well we're kind of bad no but i don't feel like i'm that bad <laughs> i should be in like a high goal i feel like honestly like at least gold i agree that i think we have the skill to place in high gold if we had the proper team consistently yes yes please it, carry us there. where we are right now we're always finishing at the top of the team whether or not we win or lose it's true and it's we're very frustrating it's very frustrating but this is not to complain about how we're improperly ranked um, actually, I was thinking the other day, it'd be really interesting to put a post on the subreddit with a poll of like, uh, do you think you're properly ranked, ranked too high or ranked too low? I think that's one of the questions that was in the quarterly poll. Like, do you oh, think, really? Yeah. Do you think your rank reflected your actual skill level for the season? Mm. And I don't. I think it was like 50-50. Oh, really? I remember the, yeah, I believe so. I would think there would be a lot more people saying that they were ranked oh, low. better. Yeah. Um, what's also frustrating is that with our particular squad we tend to rank the worst players higher than you and me, who are the good players carrying the squad. 
it's like okay so here's what happens we um chris and i play and get ranked at like a reasonable like high silver low gold you know and that's just the mm-hmm. two of us together playing with randos and then we like our our squad of just friends these aren't like these aren't like rainbow six siege people that we like play with these are like our in real life friends yeah and so we play with them they're not as good as we are they're playing against higher ranked players because we're ranked and so when they lose it doesn't affect them as much and then when we win it's like really good for them so then they end up getting ranked like low gold and while meantime we've down ranked down to like high bronze so now it looks like the worst player on our team is the best player on our team and it's very annoying this is true we're also safe to talk about this here because we know none of them listen to this. Well, one of them does. He's actually the better one that carries us sometimes. It's it comes down to listening and to playing. Yeah, that's the thing with CG. You don't have to be you don't have to be good in the FPS. Like that helps to be good at right. gunfights. Traditional FPS skills aren't necessarily uh, directly correlated with how good you are at winning siege games. Yeah, just being smart in how you play, making right moves understanding the game is the biggest thing right also there's tell me if you guys have have seen this um this like trajectory where somebody starts to play siege obviously at the very beginning they're like total garbage but then like by like i'll say like level 15 to 30 they start like figuring it out a little bit and then all of a sudden they get like really good like they start like making good plays and like they understand like how the objectives work and they like they've kind of figured out a couple of maps um, they've picked an operator or two that they really like and they're consistently like okay with and they start doing quite well and like, you know, 1.0 or better KD and like they're either um, not hurting the team or actually directly helping the team even though they're like very low, low, uh, not rank, but uh, level, mm-hmm. low experience. And then they hit like a wall and it's like around like, mm-hmm. not even a wall, but like a, like a downhill. Like, yeah. It's seizures is weird. It's like a weird learning curve. It's like you start good because you're not scared of anything, mm-hmm. and then you're like you're super scared of everything, and so you don't do anything, and then you just start getting better from there. Right. It's somewhere around like it's level, like this weird valley level kind like of thing. Forty to like sixty, where like maybe even higher, like forty to eighty, maybe. And it's like you hit like where you understand more, and so you realize how scared you should be of everything, and then you become overly cautious. And then you just become garbage because it's like you don't even get into the building until 30 seconds left because you're so like careful. And it's like, okay, like you like siege being good at siege in my like if I were to describe it in like a single succinct sentence, it is applying measured aggression, right? Like be aggressive, but be careful. Like you have to have that perfect balance, but you you, you have to be more aggressive than careful, I think. Mm -hmm. It depends on your role too. like. As a doc, you have to be more careful because if you die as doc, like you, you screwed right. Your team. You, you ruined your what, utility. What's doc for? Right. But as like a Jaeger, like why are you being careful? Right. You, you got your ADSs, ADSs down. down. Yep. You, you don't want to go die, but no. But, but if you can trade a two for one and do something that's kind of stupid, but get two of them, mm-hmm. do it. Or even just waste forty five seconds. Yeah. Right. In ranked, like forty five seconds is a is a large amount of time. Yeah, or just keep them from being out of the match. You just don't want people. Round. You want to keep them from feeling safe entering yeah. the building, right? Anyway, we're okay. We're getting off on tangents here. Let's let me just real fast that um, ranked affecting your skill. I found the responses to this two ten thousand responses. So thirty six point four percent of people said your rank reflects their actual skill. Thirty three point three percent said their rank is lower than it should be. Twenty point one percent said they have not completed their placement matches, and ten point one percent said their rank is higher than it should be. Hmm. 
That's actually not too bad. Yeah, it's not. It's pretty impressive. And, and it's probably actually fair because um, if a lot of people are playing with randos, solos, mm-hmm. um, then there's a good chance that they actually truly are ranked lower than, than they probably are skill-wise. Correct. Or at least that they could like uh, reasonably feel that way. So, interesting. Um, okay, let's uh, get into the Halloween event, Madhouse. This is freaking amazing. Ooh. I love this. Okay, so, like, um, there's some things that I love and there's some things that I don't love. But let's start with the love. Yeah, okay. Well, let's start with what it is. Um, so, if you haven't heard or haven't been playing, uh, so, there's a Madhouse event, which is basically, it's 24-7 house. Um, it's like in the discovery playlist, like when a new map comes out. So you can choose to play this uh, this thing. It's just house back to back to back to back, um, and it's like decorated. That's <laughs> yeah, that's the best part. It's decorated for Halloween, so it's like it's foggy. There's like jack lanterns everywhere. There's like random screams and stuff. Yeah, like like little Easter eggs, ghouls, mm-hmm. and and sound effects like screams, moans, phones ringing, like just kind of weird, creepy stuff. Um, and anything else particular about the spookiness of it? Um, spookiness, like maybe not, but there's like a bunch of jack-o'-lanterns all over the place. They can right, like shoot right, or run right. a drone into and it explodes. Yeah, that's kind of fun. It's great. Um, it like other than that, like the map is not changed at all. The map is exactly it plays exactly the same as it normally does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's also interesting is that there's only five operators on each side, so attacking it's uh, Ash, Thermite, Hibana. Buck and Finca. Yeah, there you go. Um, and we'll get into this in a second. Uh, and then defending is Jaeger, Valkyrie, Valkyrie, Mira, Mira, Vigil, Pulse. There you go. Um, so that's like it's interesting. Okay, so what I don't like about this one is if you don't have all these operators, you can't play them. So like, if somebody is just starting the game. And they all they have is the original operators. Like they get two on each side that they can pick, and if they're not quick enough, then they just have to play recruit, which kind of sucks. Like I feel like let's just let everybody play them for the week, right? It's only yeah. a week long event. Just let everybody play Finca. And I do understand they want people to like buy these operators. Like Vigil and Finca are probably one of the less purchased ones, just because they're newer. They're newer, and like Vigil's not very exciting. No, um, and I mean neither is. Think is kind of cool, but she's not like as exciting as someone with a cool gadget, right? Like if you would have only bought one operator that season, it would have been Lion. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, and then and then like Maestro and Alibi came after, and they're like way more exciting, yeah. I think, than Finka for sure. Um. So yeah, like I don't like that. Like it's it's a single week. Like just let the people play the freaking operators. Like yeah. it's not going to affect whether or not they buy them in the future. In fact, it may even encourage them to buy somebody because they'll play somebody they like and and want to buy them, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Um. Other things, so there's there's like specialized uh, alpha pack stuff, uh, skins and headgear and that kind of stuff, which are very cool. Yeah, a, scary. A looking. lot of them are really good. Um, Vigil's, Vigil's got like a like a burlap sack over his head uh-huh. with like the mouth and the eyes that shit. Like that's really good. Valkyrie's like a zombie face, and it's scary. There was a match I was playing where like I turned, I was in kids' bedroom and I was like peeking towards Master out of the kids' bedroom door. And Valkyrie had died in a way where, like, she was, like, knelt on the ground, but, like, leaned up against that cabinet that's on, like, the southern wall of, like, the hallway. Mm-hmm. And, like, so I peeked, and I just see her just, like, there with her zombie face, and I just, like, shot her in the head. <laughs> it's like, oh, freak. <laughs> it was scary. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Thermite's got, like, 
his face is kind of just like all like carved up, like uh, melting almost. And then he's got like on his little thermite goggles, he's got like the big googly eyes. It's just mm-hmm. like really creepy looking. It's impressive. It's they did a good job. Yeah, it's good. So you can unlock. I think you get one for free when you first play it, and then uh, you can unlock two more by getting thirty kills and sixty kills in the playlist. So I think it's actually just overall, just in general. I don't think it has to be in the playlist. I'm pretty sure it does. I, I read something recently that it didn't have to be. Huh. But that could have been that whole just like multiplayer kills in general, the club challenge. Yeah, that, I'm not that's sure probably exactly, that one. But I feel like someone did say like, by the way, these kills don't have to be in the playlist. Yeah, I, I think you're probably talking about the other one. So there's a could community be. challenge to get 40 million kills, I think. Yes. Over the course of the week that this event goes. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that one's uh, game wide. But I think the, the individual 30, 60 kills is specifically on spooky house just spooky house um what else to say about this okay so i guess what we like and don't like yeah number one i love that it's just house 24 7 house playlist is fantastic yeah. awesome i would love if they would do this just like it doesn't have to be there all the time because i understand well okay this used to be a problem before in siege where they didn't want to split the player base because the player base was smaller right that they wanted people to be able to find matches etc now you have a point where your player base is pretty significantly large right where, like, even if you had multiple game modes, it's not going to be a problem. So, like, I understand maybe not 24-7 having something there that you can play all the time. But if they just had, like, one map a week, or, like, maybe just weekends where you had, just like, one map that you could just play 24-7. Yeah. That'd be so great. I mean, that'd be, yeah, that'd be awesome. Just, like, even if it's, like, a different map every day. Yeah. Like, or, or every couple days. Like, it'd just be cool to that'd have. That'd be a great way to learn a map. Yeah, the discovery playlist. And you could either do it in ranked. Well, maybe not ranked because then it's like. Yeah, I'd do it. I'd have it as a casual. Inflating your rank with a map. I would good have at. it as a casual that's like ranked where you yeah, have a three minute timer. You can vote. It's almost <laughs> like casual should be like ranked. Yeah. I don't, I don't have know. Have we talked I, about this? Uh, should we get into that ever? Should we ever talk about how casual should be more like ranked? No. No, let's keep our opinions on that uh, to ourselves. Um. But no, I mean, that'd be, that'd be great to like, just be able to say like, you know, what? I want to play Villa. Like, I mean, we did this with Villa because Villa was one of the new maps where they did discovery, but it's like, I don't understand Villa. I want to play it more. Let me just play Villa 24 seven for a week. And like, I'll, you know, learn Villa. <laughs> like, yeah, it's great. Um, plus, I mean, just the fact that it's 24 seven house, which is like, we don't get to play that much because it's not ranked. Like, and I freaking love house. It's great. House is so fun. I like um, the uh, the five operators on each side. It, it helps. Well, like, okay, it's it's an it, interesting dynamic for sure. Yeah. So it's interesting because like you already know who's on the other team mm-hmm. every single time. So mm-hmm. that kind of defeats like the like mystery. Like, do they have a thermite? Do they not? I kind of wish they didn't have thermite and Habana, just so that like you would have that one hard breach. Like, okay, we killed the hard breach, right? But they like no matter what, there's no way to stop them coming in the garage door, right? You don't have bandit you don't have mute so right like, and they don't have anyone to kill that anyway mm-hmm. so that kind of cancels out but every time they're getting through the garage door right even if you kill thermite like they still have habana yeah like it, it's a weird selection of operators and mm-hmm. like part of it is driven by these the uh, half of them are the ones that had halloween skins last year so they're just kind of recycling those this time um and then they only had to develop five new skins for this one so it's like they're kind of like pigeonholed a little bit into which operators they could use but like, like I like the idea. I think it's really cool to just have like a solid team. It's it's almost like with the pick and ban where you know ahead of time who it's going to be. 
and so like that like kind of adds a new layer of strategy to it yeah um but yeah it's just it's a weird group it is i think they could have picked definitely some better operators what's cool though is they didn't pick anybody with traps on house yeah which that's is interesting. really really nice like i've there's a few times where i'm like oh freak captain i'm like oh they don't have like i can just go in the w- mm-hmm. window and i'm good yep also no trackers yeah no dokabi no jackal no lion and oh my gosh has it been amazing to just like be able to roam again mm-hmm. especially on house that's so small yeah it's like See, that's what i like is it's so small that having those trap and other operators that just track you trap and track mm-hmm. is very annoying yeah like it makes house almost unplayable right and like i mean it's it's just amazing to be able to be that jaeger and like we've talked about this when we did when we did our map breaking we talked about how we love house because you can play the whole map throughout the course of a, of a single round and like like i've had several rounds like this where i'm roaming as jaeger and it's like i'm moving from the top all the way to the bottom floor from the east to the west north to the south like i'm literally running around the whole map playing it depending on where they are and like flanking and you know just just continually like hitting them from different sides and just being annoying and like it's so fun it's so fun, and you can't do that on any other siege map, really. Very true. So, what I don't like about it is that there's this fog. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that I hate. And you can't see it's anything. It's so annoying. Like, on both sides. Like, if you're out in the garage, you can't see in the laundry room at all. It's just too dark. Yeah. And vice versa. Like, if you're in... Which, I guess, is nice for house, because it's so small. Yeah, like well, it, the problem is that it's even worse for the defenders because you can't really spawn peek. Like, it's hard to do, like, you know, when they're attacking the garage and you, like, melee out a window so you can kind of shoot at them from, from above. Yeah, you can't see where like, they you are. You can't see them very well. And, like, attackers already have the advantage on house being that it's so small, it's easy to cover all the angles. Uh, time isn't really a factor. Oh, but the time. It's a 3.30 yes. time, which is interesting. It makes me think, like, are they are they leaning toward trying this in casual three thirty timer, which I hope I hope they see it and like oh it's still too long and they yeah. make it three minutes. <laughs> Although I think three thirty is good. That's like, a, that's, a, that's at least something. Yeah, for I casual, like, like I'm okay with sure. that. Yeah, four minutes is just too long. And well, the thing is too, we're playing house, and so like house having that three thirty timer is still kind of long because it's house, right? But like four minutes was like ridiculous. I feel like there has been times though playing this that I've been like, okay, we only have a minute left. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, before that never happened. I was like, oh, we still have, like, two minutes left of this. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, overall, I think it's a pretty good event. I know a lot of people, like, are not that thrilled with it like, because it's, like, because of the fog and it's on house. And it's like, guys, this is not to have a super competitive ultra thing. Like, this is just to have a good time playing a good map uh, with silly skins. Also, like, I don't think we mentioned this. Everybody in the, um, in the game is wearing their Halloween skins. Mm-hmm. So whether you own it or not, everybody is dressed up in the spooky outfits. Yeah, very cool. Um, oh, there was something else that I, I think the only thing I didn't like was just the other thing was that Thermite and Habana are both on attacking. I think they could have chosen another. I don't know who, maybe Sledge. I guess you already have Buck, but I don't know. Anyway, yeah, the fog though. I, yeah, I think it would have been good annoying. to trade like. Uh, trade to hibana maybe for like thatcher and then trade somebody on defense for bandit yeah there you go you know maybe jaeger there maybe. you go although i really like jaeger's uh skull skin yeah, he's like his true. uh pilot skull i wonder if they were just like I- i'm wondering too now that i'm thinking about it if like they were making those halloween costumes for like everybody 
at first. And those are just the ones they started with. They kind of ran out of time. Like, well, we have these ones. Let's just throw them in that. I, I don't think so. I think, I mean, they did five last time. Yeah. I think they took the five from last time and made five, time. five this time. Okay. So. Anyway. It's cool, though. It is cool. It's pretty cool, aside from the fog stuff. Uh, moving on to designer notes that have come in recently for the uh, mid-season um, awesomeness. So every every season, um, just so you guys know, like ha- about halfway through the season, there's usually designer notes where they just basically, the designers say like they're balancing things, what they're looking at, what they like to see, um, what they want coming up soon. Yeah, so I mean, just at, like like a general level, um, it's it's really cool that they are engaging the community in this way um, of just like giving us insight into what they're looking at, and uh, you know, just just like just like involving us, even if we're not involved in the decisions, just involving us in the decision process. I think is cool. Yeah. Um. So what they do is they have on their like siege blog on the Rainbow Six website, they have um basically these charts that show where everybody places um, based on win rate and pick rate. And so uh, pick rate is basically zero to to 100%, like how and how many matches they're picked. Um, and then the win rate is, uh, they have it explained here, uh, the win delta is the average win ratio when an operator is picked minus the average win ratio when an operator is not picked. So basically the difference between uh, how often the operator wins or how often the team wins with that operator and how often the team loses or wins without that operator. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are measured uh, more or less in uh, zero to 3% plus or negative. Um, I mean, obviously it could go higher or lower, but it seems like that's kind of where it falls. Um, so let's start with attackers. Um, just what's the first thing that stands out to you on this chart of attacker win pick rates um so ash is all the way there on the very right but so she's picked all the time yeah 70 percent pick rate almost yeah and i see her all the time like i feel like that's accurate not just so these are in platinum and diamond only right but i feel like this for ash is at least accurate 100 percent of the time Mm -hmm. she is always she's almost always there yep um and her win rate isn't like it's amazing either which is interesting like she's picked all the time i feel like part of it is her guns the other part of it is just her hitbox in her head. Yeah, well, she she's picked because she's a good fragger, right? Yeah. And so, like, her gadget isn't necessarily going to win or lose you around. Um, also, I think, like, I don't know if it's necessarily true, but it seems like the more you're picked, the more you're going to fall into just, like, average win or lose. Because mm-hmm. if you're just there in every round, I mean, eventually that's going to even out to 50-50, right? Correct. Um, who else is... So, Blackbeard... Is way up there at plus two percent win rate, um, although his pick rate is is less than average at twenty percent. So he well, can you explain? I don't think I understand completely how this works. The win rate. So is that he wins two percent more than? Um. So okay. So they take the ratio of the team's wins when the operator is picked, uh-huh. and subtract the ratio of the team's wins when the operator is not picked. So. Uh, if you won equally with Blackbeard and without Blackbeard, the same number, X minus X, is going to equal zero. Okay. Right? But if you win more with Blackbeard than you do without Blackbeard, let's say you win 53% of the time with Blackbeard or 
let's say 51 and a half percent of the time with Blackbeard and 49 or 48 and a half percent of the time without Blackbeard, then the difference there is three, two, three. I tried to make it three. I can't do this math on the podcast. But basically, it's it's the the percentage point difference. So the two percent is not even really that high. I feel like. Well, and that's what I'm saying is like that it could theoretically be higher, but basically the point is none of these operators affect it so strongly to make a difference more or less than or more than three percent plus or minus. Okay, Does that makes sense. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm probably not explaining it very well. But the point. I mean, so even if someone was like on the top of like wind delta like three percent on the very top that's not even i feel like that's not even that much difference well yeah you're right it's not um and so it's not necessarily saying that like pick this operator to win Mm -hmm. um what what matters here is the relativity between where blackbeard is versus where okay yeah jackal is yeah right like what matters is that there's a big difference between them relative Uh uh-huh um so anyway, so so like it's it's broken into two boxes if you actually or four boxes if you actually look at the chart. So like top left is underpicked but too strong, top right is overpicked and too strong, bottom left underpicked and too weak, and bottom right overpicked and too weak. So you kind of have to look at these charts to really get it, but we're trying to just kind of pull out the interesting stuff. So Blackbeard and Glass are both high on the win rate and low on the pick rate, which is interesting because I feel like I see a lot of Blackbeard and well not Blackbeard, but I see a lot of Glass. Don't you? I do, but I, I mean, again, I mean, it's again, hard because we're in bronze. Ugh. Yeah, but even in like gold, like when we were first placed, I feel like I do see a lot of glass. Not a ton, mm-hmm. but I feel like I see him more often than what we're seeing on this chart than mm-hmm. fifteen, what like twelve percent of the time. Yeah. Anyway, on the attackers, there's not that much that's interesting. Um, one thing I do want to point out is Maverick comes in. He's a little bit overpicked at forty percent. Um. So he falls in with uh, Thermite, Zofia, and Hibana on the pick rate. But then he is actually below average on win rate. Not a lot. He's like he's kind of like right there in the sweet spot of like he's probably not going get, to get too many changes. Yeah. But it's just interesting. Everybody complaining about how OP uh, Maverick is. And he's kind of right there in the sweet spot. Yeah. He's in a really good location. You know, it's funny. I have been paying attention to you, actually. And I cannot find Maverick on this freaking screen. <laughs> There he is. Forty <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's what's really interesting is that Thermite Hibana and Maverick, all the hard breachers are lined up on pick rate. That is interesting, actually. I wonder if that's just because like they pick one of them every time. I, I mean, like, yeah, but the thing is like you're always gonna have a hard breacher, especially yeah. if you're playing diamond and platinum, people aren't stupid enough to go without a hard breacher. Um, but it's interesting that all three of them are picked around the same rate and mm-hmm. all three of them at significantly higher rates than most other operators. Yeah. I like that too. I like that that this puts it shows all three hard breachers are relevant, and there's not one of them that's like significantly better than the other two. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, uh, I'm sad about Capital. He is probably in the worst spot, underpicked in two week, and kind of the bottom left corner. Yep. Poor Capital. But that also probably means he's going to get something done with him soon. So mm-hmm. I'm. What's interesting to me is Jackal is so low on the win rate, which 
I feel like, at least in our level, he is so annoying. I, the thing is, I like, don't know if he gets me killed and he wins, but he's just right. annoying. Yeah, I, I, the thing is, I don't think he actually contributes to a win as often as you just feel like he's ruining your mm-hmm. specific round. Um, so that's interesting. Um, I wish I had the old data here. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can find that while we talk about the next one. But like Thatcher is, I think he's fallen quite a bit in pick rate. But let's let's come back to. I'll see if I can find that. We talk about the next one. Okay. Defenders is a much more interesting graph this time around. Yes, and what's very interesting about this between defenders and attackers is attackers, as far as win rate goes, they're pretty like more squished together, and that kind of goes across. Ash is really the only one that's super picked. Mm-hmm. Just a lot um, less variance. Yeah. Defenders, there are multiple operators in the bottom left corner, like literally bottom left corner. Yeah, like touching the bottom. And then there's some that are like touching the top. Yep. So that bottom left corner, well, let's start with just the top. So Rook is at the very top. top. I, I wonder if part of that is that um, a defending is just so much more predictable. Yeah. Like you get to choose where you are and everything. Correct. And so you can set up exactly what you need for that spot. And so because of that, uh, you're going to see more min-maxing of mm-hmm. of where they fall on this, I feel like. Yeah. So, I, um, oh, I was going to say too. Yeah, I feel like it's harder to balance defenders as well. Like, because they can't go outside, so it's just harder to be like, how good should their traps be? How good should they be alone? Like, I feel like that's just more difficult to balance defenders, but... Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, so Rook is at the very tippy top. He's not really underpicked. He's picked, I guess, 21% of the time, maybe. So, but, kind of the average pick rate is, what, like 27 28%? Yeah. He's at the very tippy top of win delta. Yeah, uh, like, Rook top. always wins, basically. Yeah. Which is very impressive. Which is which makes sense because yeah. his gadget buffs the whole team every time mm-hmm. without question as long as people pick it up. Which, you know, in Platinum Diamond, people probably aren't leaving their their armor as often. Yeah. Um, another thing that I find interesting. Okay, one thing I find very interesting is all these people are complaining about Clash and how OP yes, she is. Yes, this is the most and interesting thing on And there she is at the very bottom left. Picked like 11% of the time, maybe 12% of the time. Minus 2.5% win delta. Right. For a frame of reference, she is slightly picked more and slightly wins more than Castle. Mm-hmm. My boy and Castle. She wins less than Tachanka. Yes. Picked more, <laughs> but wins less than Tachanka. Yes. And this is in Platinum and Diamond, which most players are in. The gold is the peak, right? Ranked. Right. And so most players are under this level, so Clash can be significant. Which I want to see. I want to see a chart. Because, I mean, they, they say they don't just balance just off Platinum, Diamond, and Pro, right. League, which I believe them. But And they do smart things where they aren't just making it better for Pro League, but they're trying to balance it all the way through or whatever. Um, but I do want to see a chart of like what it looks like in gold, like where mm-hmm. most of the players are. I want to see that chart because I do want to see it. Is Clash, like, because what people are saying basically is Cash is picked all the time and she's way too strong. Mm-hmm. So I do want to see if in gold, is she really, like, that much better she's picked it like 60 percent more of the time and wins that much more yeah uh, like i wonder if in gold uh if the variance would just be like so great that it wouldn't even be useful in yeah. gold and below like just because i don't know i just feel like there's bigger swings yeah i'd just be curious to see what it looks like yeah um but yeah clashes down there 
she is down. Yeah, she is actually not. Okay, and there's a nerf coming. Like, mm-hmm. they are reducing or increasing the amount of time it takes to switch between her shield and her weapon. Correct. Uh, de- adjusting the um, cooldown uh-huh. of her things and then reducing the amount of time that people are stunned. Correct. So if we were to go back one week, you would hear us say these exact <laughs> things, like literally word for word, and then like three days later, they come out and say this. And yes. we're like, the podcast power. Literally, like I was listening, so I was reading this while I was editing the podcast for the YouTube video, and like I had just heard myself say these things, and us talking about them, and like how this would be good, and then there they are, saying the exact same thing, and exact words, like we were like, Clash should not be alone. Clash should, if you're alone as Clash, you should, you screwed yourself. And mm-hmm. then here they come and say, you should, Clash should not Clash. be alone. Yeah. Clash should have a gun. She's not supposed to be able to hold the map on her own. Like, yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, and so what they're saying is that the, um, the balance adjustments, well, we'll actually get to this because it's in the blog too, but the balance adjustments they're making for Clash are not necessarily to nerf her, but they're to make mm-hmm. her more dependent on her team and to play more in the role of a support. Which is exactly what it should be. And the thing I love to play, not to go tangenty here again, the thing I love to do as Clash is to have someone like behind a doorway, like in kind of a weird spot and have you like the main focus of attention. Like they're shooting at you, not even like they walk in, not even thinking like, oh, there's someone behind me right now in this weird corner. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, shoot him now. Shoot him now. Shoot him now. Please shoot him now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am ready. You can shoot him. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the other day, though, we were uh, playing on Oregon oh, and no. there was a Clash and you know where I'm going with this. There's a Clash in that. Um. Shoot, that front room. I what that room's called. Where, like, the main hatch is to go into the basement that everybody attacks all the time. Um, and so I was Sledge, and I was, like, shooting at her, shooting at her, and Ryan is Blitz, and he, he had come through, like, the um, chat or the... Assembly hall. Yeah, assembly hall. So we were on opposite hall, whatever. sides of the clash. Mm-hmm. And so he was coming. She was completely facing me. I was like, oh, good. Like, you're behind her. So I just, like, I was outside the room. I was, like, behind the van in the front. So I just stepped behind the van for a second, and then I came back out. And I was, just, like, sitting there looking at her, like, reloading my gun now, like, right in front of her. And Ryan comes around, like, right behind her. And he, like, starts shooting me. Like, what are you doing? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and he totally downed me. And she pulls out her gun and kills me. And she's still alive. Yes, this <laughs> like, happened. This happened. But I will say, his, so on his screen, his third pistol shot was not on me at all. Like, yeah. it was on Clash, like, way to the left. And it still Okay, so let me defend myself me. a little bit. One, it was a very long range with a pistol. And and like no sights, right? So like, yeah, it's hard to hit. And I could like I wanted to get closer, but I couldn't because I'm having to cross that entire like lobby of of uh, Oregon where it's like there's too many angles there for uh, like a shield to try to run across and mm-hmm. and do that. And then it's like she was like lined up perfectly with you when I started shooting, and then she strafed like at just the wrong time. So I ended up hitting you. And okay, also dumb. I'm using Blitz's pistol. Does he have two or does he just have his? Just one. I think just one. So I was using his pistol. And I downed Chris in like three shots. Yeah. From like the second shot did meters. a lot of damage. Yeah, it, it did like seriously like seventy damage. Yeah. Um, and like you said, we watched back in slow motion. The third shot, I was not even close to on you. And like, yeah, no. And it hit you and not Clash. Like Clash had strafed all the way up to the other side of the door, and I was shooting directly at her. And somehow I hit Chris. So it made no sense. And I was like, what it was the dumb. Heck? And then he got down. And then somehow, like, I wasn't able to kill Clash even while it was just very, very bad. 
Very bad. It's pretty funny. Though. But also, I shouldn't have been in that situation. I blame our stupid teammates for having oh my gosh. me by myself. Like, Literally? So, like, Ryan's I don't, I don't blame them for... Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me clarify, because okay. if AG listens to this, he's going to be upset. I don't blame them for not following me because I'm the shield. I don't think that you have to follow the shield guy. But yeah. the point is that me and Chris were in in a heated battle, like... Their, and their team wasn't spread out from that spot and the rest of our team is like slowly making their way through the thing while we're there like in combat like mm-hmm. come on so fast forward another 35 seconds and ryan's still there like holding off clash and mira like two of them and like the third one was like in the stairs like all three of the enemy team were there and there was just two on our team and glass is like super far over like at those kids bedroom stairs like kind of peeking up then they're mind you their objective is in the basement yeah all three of them are on the shield guy by himself what are you doing like i'm starting like not yell at glass i'm like glass there's no one up there like he's pushing up the stairs like slowly like glass what are you doing (laughs) like there's no one there blitz is in battle go help him and he like still like cautiously he starts like moving towards him but like checks that little like side bathroom and like kind of comes closer i'm like oh my gosh glass please with with just the minimum amount of support it would have been an easy win but (laughs) Anyway, anyway, yeah, sorry. Okay, um, back to this defender graph. The other interesting things are, if my laptop will let me scroll. Um, okay, Castle again at the very, very bottom, just barely below Clash. Castle mm-hmm. needs a freaking buff, please. And it's coming. They're thinking, they said that they've been testing a lot of things mm-hmm. and just trying to figure out what works best. Um, that would be a fun job to do. Just oh like, my gosh, let's this so and see fun. what it's like. Okay, also weird. Capkin and Frost both were they're like low pick rate, like ten percent um mm-hmm. on the last one and literally on the bottom at like minus three percent wind delta. This time they have both jumped up to above average wind delta, uh frost at almost one point five percent and capkin at two percent. So it's like some like it didn't they didn't have any changes, right? Capkin and Frost recently they haven't had anything. No. Um sorry, I'm not when, I said last time. What I mean actually is let me see the date on this. Year th- three, season two. Yes, that's last season. Uh, yeah, this is last season. When did um Capkins? I don't remember. When did his buff come where he increased in speed? That's that's been like a year. Okay. Um, I just came back and that was there. That so was it's thing. just weird. Like, I, like it must be because of something else. Like whether it's Maverick and Clash being introduced somehow buffed Capkin and Frost. It's just the weird. Meta, see, this is the thing that we were talking about. Meta just changes. Exactly. Exactly. Like the attacking meta could have just changed. Where like you do something and then all of a sudden you start running in and you just forget about traps or whatever or people start putting traps in different places. Right. Like, this, that right there is proof. They didn't change at all and I don't think anything changed that really made them Like, not directly, right? Yeah. And so, meta just changes in the game and people just... I guarantee you, if we were to sit in this game like this for another year, these would fluctuate. Oh, 100%. A lot. Like, everybody. Every, and everybody some might around. stay stronger. Like, Rook's always going to be strong. And he's probably going to be around the same. Like, some are going to stay the same, but... And Castle's probably always going to be down there. Right. But he, everything else is going yeah, to fluctuate. It's going, it's going to change even if you keep it static. And, and the thing is, like like we said, Frost and Capkin had no direct changes. But introducing two new characters and introducing a new map, that's going to affect the way that they're played and how often they win and how effective they are. And it's like... like I mean, an operator like Clash, like, very... Uh, what's the adjective? very like staunchly or largely affects the dynamics of the game uh-huh. you know a, a, a new shield defender and then at maverick too like a silent hard breacher like that very very largely affects the way that the game is played and so by doing that 
other operators are going to shift. Right. And that's that post, Reddit post we talked about last week where the game changed completely with that. And I don't care if they didn't think about that or not. They probably did. It's cool to have just, yeah, just a, It's such a it interesting the game. Yeah, let the meta settle, guys. Let the meta settle. Um, last point I want to bring up on the defender chart. Actually, real quick, my boy Maestro, love it. Uh, perfectly even win, uh, pick rate and plus 1% win delta. So good job, my boy Maestro. And then scary for our friend Taylor. Uh, Legion is now at the top of the chart for defenders on overpicked and too strong. So he's yep. always been uh, a little bit high on the win rate and he's always been fluctuating between kind of like evenly picked and a little bit overpicked but there's always been somebody above him there's been like jaeger um finca was or oh, wait we're on sorry we're on defense jaeger um who else was problems on defense before ella uh you know these, these other operators are always outshining him but now somehow like what i've always called low-key op lesion like he he's OP, but you just couldn't tell because somebody else was always more OP. Yeah, and so now he's starting to show, and it's like, uh oh, poor <laughs> Taylor, <laughs> your Legion main is about to get nerfed. So, look I out. feel like it's um the part where he's the most crucial is just like the last twenty five seconds when mm-hmm. it comes down to that. It's like, oh crap, he's like a better smoke. Yeah. Like exactly what he is, and just the intel, you know, especially at this higher level play. Does he have impact? Uh, yes. Oh, I'm getting Legion next. I'm pretty sure. I think I, he has barbed wire and impacts. I love roaming, but roaming with impacts is so nice. Oh my gosh! Like if you need to get back fast, you can do it with impact grenades. You just blow a hole through two walls, and you're like, okay, I'm yep. here. I'm here, guys. Um, so watch out for a Legion nerf coming in the next uh, couple of seasons. I bet um gosh this is getting long already but they also have some notes here about upcoming changes so clash we already talked about a little bit and they have a big explanation of why they're doing Mm -hmm. this with clash again they they're not necessarily trying to nerf her as much as they are trying to make her not a solo operator i think this is actually going to have a detrimental effect to her because of where she is already yeah i think at our level it'll probably be good the biggest problem is her whole like pistol switching super fast and like Technically, she doesn't have it out on your screen, but she does, and she's yeah. shooting you. Yeah. Um, Maestro, there's an ALDA 5.56 recoil nerf. So the uh, his LMG, I guess what it used to have was the hip fire recoil operated differently than other LMGs, and mm-hmm. I guess they were trying to achieve some kind of um, uh, suppression technique with right. that. Like it's it's pretty unclear, and like if they wanted that, they should have like emphasized it more. Um, when like he was released, but so kind of an inconsequential nerf coming to Maestro's LMG. So I'm not worried. Yeah. Um, SMG 11. Um, that smokes and uh, sledges SMG. Yeah. Which is nice because that the, thing uh, the pocket recoil. pocket SMG. Yeah. That thing it had a recoil that was like nuts. It was freaking nuts. Like recently, I've been using it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this thing sucks now. I don't think I realized before just because I hadn't played in two years. And all of a sudden, I'm starting to play, and I'm like, what the freak happened to this thing? Yeah, they they nerfed it hard, mm-hmm. and they took away the ACOG, which you were there for that. But yeah, um, Miro's Vector is getting reduced recoil, so that's good for Miro. They that originally was a really really good gun, and then they like messed up the recoil and it sucked. Uh, well, it didn't suck, but it wasn't as good. Now it's gonna be good again. 
Um, I feel like we can go over Lion and Glass kind of quickly. So Lion, we've been talking about how the, his whole wall hack thing's crazy. Basically, they're saying, like, we don't like where he is. Yeah, we don't know what to do. <laughs> We're completely <laughs> lost because we introduced this bad operator that we shouldn't have. And so we don't mm-hmm. know what to do, but we need to fix it. So, And I like, too, like, they're saying, like, we might try doing this and we might try doing this. We're not really sure what we're doing, but here's some options that we might do. They're thinking of like a jackal like style ping, which will be interesting. Um, taking out the Intel gathering aspect of his gadget. I don't know. Gadget. I don't know if that means like not giving it to the team or. Yeah, I don't know, it, but it but sounds like they're actively. They're working testing on stuff they online. Like Glass. Um, they're basically saying he's too effective at actually pushing the site. Um, and they're trying to make him fit more into the original idea of a sniper role that holds angles. Um, they say it's early on in production, but it's a bit more promising than the lion uh, state. So it sounds like it's still early, but they are on the right path, they think, with Glass. Mm-hmm. What do you think this means for Glass? I don't know. I thought like maybe they'll change his sniper to be like a bolt-action sniper, so he won't be like able to spray down while he's trying to push something, yeah. but he can hold a hallway. It's like you try to come down the hallway and he hits you like you're down. Do you think it's possible they would increase the zoom on his sniper? Maybe. Because then it would be harder to use the thermal scope as you're pushing. Because mm-hmm. um, like the smoke and thermal scope is, is just ridiculous at close range. Like You yeah. can't see him and he can just... He, like You stand out like a freaking sore thumb. Yeah. That would be actually very interesting. Yeah. Like, like you wouldn't want to increase his recoil because that just makes it worse at long range. Mm-hmm. I mean, to either that or making it like a bolt action, you can't yeah, like push either. Yeah, slow rate of fire or increase zoom. I feel like I don't know what else. They they specifically said they're not going to take away smokes. Anyway, hmm. I don't know. Interesting though, and I like it. Yeah, good job. All right, guys. So that's all we were able to salvage for this episode. So be sure to be on the lookout uh, later this week for a second episode covering. Um, the Reddit AMA, uh, other Reddit posts, and Twitter questions. Also, don't forget to join the Discord. We'll have the link in the show notes, and I will tweet it out as well. Hope to see you guys there. 